Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Mayor Brandon Johnson may not be able to bring Chicago home after all. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The mayor's plan to alter the real estate transfer tax to fund homeless services was years in the making, and it was a major win for advocates and Johnson when city council approved a referendum on the measure for the March primary. The question, which is already printed on the ballot, was set to be the first binding referendum in Chicago in decades. But on Friday afternoon, without much explanation as to why, a judge ruled that it's invalid. For now, the question will remain, but unless there's a successful appeal, votes for Bring Chicago Home won't be tallied. We checked in with WBEZ city government and politics reporter Tessa Weinberg for the details. So voters will see it on the ballot as they go through it and make their choices, but any votes cast for that will not be counted, will not be released. The judge, we just got a written order this morning, directed that any of those votes that are are cast for or against it be suppressed and not made public. Um, And so that's something where supporters, while they were disappointed in the judge's decision, were, you know, immediately saying they're still going to be um, campaigning. They're going to still be encouraging uh, people to vote on this Mm -hmm. in hopes that on appeal um, it would maybe get reinstated. So it's kind of in in a little bit of a a limbo right now as we wait to see, you know, if there will be more court action and ruling. So still a bit of optimism on the part of proponents of this this referendum. So let's talk about that judge. Cook County Circuit Judge Kathleen Burke, she gave very little explanation for this ruling. Why? Yeah, it was honestly in in my time, you know, I've never really, I think, sat in on a court hearing like this. It was a little bizarre of, you know, for hours, the judge read out loud both sides, um, different filings for various motions, word for word, even reading the the previous court cases that they were citing. Um, But then when she actually came time to, to make her ruling, she really did not expound on why. She didn't really provide much more of her reasoning or or thinking behind it. And similarly, we were kind of hoping in this written order today, maybe there'd be some more of that. And there really wasn't. Um, And so there's not insight into into why she was maybe ruling for or against. And so we're kind of just having to go based off of, you know, what we have in hand, which which isn't much, but. (laughs) Yeah, bizarre is a good word to use here. You report that uh, Burke denied a motion by the city to intervene in this case. Yes. So the city um, wanted to, you know, be a party of this case. They said, we're the proper party that this should be filed against. So that the lawsuit was filed by real estate industry groups who want to block this referendum question. Um, And it was filed against the Chicago Board of Elections. And they are, you know, the administrator of our city's elections. And they argued, you know, we're just the folks who are following the rules of how ballots get certified. We're just the people really printing this and putting it out that we are not the proper, you know, party for this to be um, to be sued. That really should be the city or the city council. But she denied the city's motion to intervene and it went forward against the Board of Elections. So when it comes to this appeal, we're waiting to see is the Board of Elections going to appeal it or my understanding is that the city can also appeal even though they were denied as an intervener in the case. Right, right. Now, 
We know this is a big win for folks in the real estate industry. Remind us what their argument was in this case overall. Yeah, so they had they were hitting on a couple different points. You know, they argued that this um, referendum question violates um, state law. This this whole process for how the city can raise the transfer tax um, is dictated by state law, which is very specific, saying you know down to how the the ballot question has to be worded. Mm -hmm. And if the city wants to change or increase this transfer tax, they have to get voters to approve it. And so opponents argue since this tax, uh, this proposal would both raise the tax and propose a tax cut. They argued that's not outlined in state law. You can't do both. Mm -hmm. They also argued this was an example of log ruling by combining these two, you know, different parts of, you know, something that would maybe be popular with a tax cut versus a tax increase. Oh, I see. Um, and they argued the, the question was just worded too vaguely, you know, trying to prevent homelessness. They mm -hmm. argued that's not specific enough for voters to actually know what they're voting on. Was there some apprehension for something like this to even be in voters' hands? To begin with? Yeah, I think this was kind of their, their last-ish attempt to try to make sure, you know, really just not to boot it off the ballot, to not have it be something voters would consider. Um, and so we'll, we'll see if that remains the case or if it's going to get reinstated back on if folks appeal. And what was the argument on the other side of things? So the groups who are behind Bring Chicago Home. Yeah, they argued that, you know, the judge should not be weighing in on this point because it's part of the legislative process um, that, you know, they need to allow voters to, to weigh in and have their say. Um, and, you know, supporters have long, you know, why they want this on the ballot is they say there needs to be a dedicated, you know, revenue source to address the, the rising numbers of people experiencing homelessness in the city, you know, opponents as they were walking out of the, the courtroom, um, you know, they were chanting 68 or supporters, sorry, they were chanting 68K need a place to stay in mm -hmm. reference to the number of people they estimate are yeah, 68,000 people are yeah. homeless. And, and as we know, this is, uh, we've been saying today even, this is uh, this was an initiative to address the city's homelessness issue. But did we know the exact way that the money was from the tax was going to be used? Yeah, that's been a point of contention of, um, you know, the ballot language itself does not lay out, you know, here's what buckets of funding it would go to. Mm -hmm. It broadly says to prevent homelessness and says that could be things like through, you know, uh, housing and, and other supportive programs. And um, supporters have said, you know, that could look like things like rental subsidies or services like uh, mental health care. Um, but compared to, for example, in Los Angeles, where voters similarly approved a similar measure there recently, you know, that ballot language is very specific and specific percentages of how much money would go to what things. Yeah. And so that has been a point of contention with uh, opponents saying we're cutting the city another blank check if yeah. we are approving this without a detailed plan. And to your earlier point, that's why they said the language is just too vague mm -hmm. yes. at this point. Mm -hmm. Do we know about how many property sales this measure would increase taxes on? Yeah, so supporters say that uh, it'd be about like 93, 94% of properties would experience this as a tax cut. And so property valued under $1 million would actually get a, a tax cut mm -hmm. on this tax. And then any property- Because we we've got more people mm -hmm. covering that than folks who've got high value properties yeah, so over a million. Yeah, it's really only these properties over a million and then even properties valued above 1.5 million see the highest tax increase. And that's where real estate groups have said, this is gonna really affect the commercial industry the most. You know, our downtown at a time when it's still recovering, um, whereas supporters have said, you know, it's time for the wealthy to pay their fair share. And that that's kind of been their argument for, you know, why we should go this route to build a fund homelessness prevention. Right. And how many of the 68,000 people experiencing homelessness, my question is how many of them are expected to be impacted? That's, by this uh, this tax. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's hard to put a number on it when yeah. we don't know how the dollars might be spent yet. Um, 
yeah, I think it, that would like come down to how we see the, the funding get used if this were to pass. And that is something where if this, if voters were to approve this, it would authorize the city council to then actually enact this tax increase. And then there, they say there will be a, a board of, you know, advisors essentially who will weigh in on how to, uh, you know, what the funding should go toward. And then the city council would have to actually pass an ordinance specifying how the funding would be spent. So I there see. would still be some more steps along the way. So we talked about how voters will still see this referendum on their ballot. Why isn't the Chicago Board of Elections taking it off now? Do you know? Yeah. So it's in part of the judge simply ordered that the votes get suppressed um, and not be, you know, counted and, and made public. Um, she did not say, you know, it needs to, that ballots need to be, you know, reprinted, that voting machines need to be, um, you know, reprogrammed. Um, and folks have already been voting on this. With yeah, early so we'll still get underway. a sense then, Tessa, of, of how Chicagoans feel about this. Yeah, well, so those votes won't be made public, though. So we mm. won't know, you know, if, if this if this court order stands and, and it doesn't on appeal get reinstated. Um, we won't know really at the end of the day what, what how people voted either way. Um, and so we'll see, though. I don't know if there'll be next steps of, you know, notices sent to voters or yeah. on what comes next to help people understand, you know, this is still on the ballot, but your votes won't be counted. Well, with that this. in mind, I mean, should voters still seriously consider this piece of the ballot? Yeah, I mean, that's what supporters, they want people to still weigh in. I would, I would, would assume maybe opponents also of just in the case that if this were to get reinstated, then those votes will, you know, be, be counted then. And so that's why I think, you know, they, they're still really urging people. They're still knocking on doors, still saying, you know, you should still vote for this because right. there's still a chance. Your voice eyes. can still be heard. Mm -hmm. How long can an appeal process take for something like this? Yeah, we'll have to see, you know, how how fast the courts rule. If this goes up to like the Illinois Supreme Court, for example, um, you know, uh, one election ator attorney who's advising the Bring Chicago Home campaign said there's a chance that if, if it you know, kept moving through the courts and a court ruled even past election day that no, this should be counted, you know, it should be reinstated, those votes should be counted, that that could happen even after the March primary election. Mm -hmm. And so we might be in for a long drawn out process, kind of remains to be seen on, you know, if someone's going to take that step to appeal. And of course, Tessa, we know you're keeping an eye on not just this, but all things primary election uh, right now. But what's top of mind for you? Yeah, I think this you know, referendum ruling is going to be one of the most exciting, consequential things on the ballot. Um, and right now with it still in flux, I think there's a lot to follow and see. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you could go check out on WBZ.org. All of our colleagues have been doing amazing profiles of the different races and candidates. So there's a lot to read up on. And even though, you know, maybe it's a, a Democratic primary, there's still lots of differences between these candidates. Right. So lots of exciting stuff to dig, dig into. And before I let you go, one more time for the people in the back. What are the top takeaways from this decision that just came down on Friday about Bring Chicago Home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the takeaways are, you know, a judge has ruled that this uh, referendum question uh, is invalid, um, but you will still see it on your ballot. Those votes as of right now will not be counted and tallied, and supporters are still encouraging people to vote in the chance it does get reinstated on appeal. And the Chicago Board of Elections um, says, you know, they're weighing whether they're going to pursue one, and we might be finding out as soon as tomorrow if they will be appealing the judge's ruling. We'll keep an eye. Tessa Weinberg is a city government and politics reporter for WBEZ. Thank you so much for this update. Yeah, thank you. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced and mixed by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Dan Tucker and Meha Ahmed. For more coverage of Bring Chicago Home and the March 19th primary election, go to wbez.org slash reset. We've covered key congressional races, when, where, and how to vote, and much more. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.